says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And can have what it says I can have. Tonight, this night, after hearing the word of God, I'll never be the same again. It'll lift me up out of darkness into the light, out of poverty into wealth, out of sickness into health, out of defeat into victory. Tonight, this night, I'll never be the same. Never, 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 never. Never, ever, ever, ever. Will I be the same again? Holy Spirit, you're the teacher, you're the counselor, you're the guide, and we're just asking you to lead and guide and direct. Speak through me, love through me, touch through me, heal through me, deliver through me. We thank you, Lord, for miracles, signs and wonders following the word. Lord, this is your word, and your word will not return void, but it will accomplish the things you sent it to do and prosper in the way that you sent it. Lord, we just thank you for what you've done already and what you're getting ready to do because we're not only hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word and we will receive the doer's blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Yes, yes, yes. I'm a blessed woman of God. Amen. Love my children and my husband. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to talk about um, being wise and winsome in ministry and in the marketplace. We're going to talk a little bit about winsome. If you haven't heard that word, I didn't hear a lot about it. But we're going to talk about being wise and winsome in ministry and in the marketplace. I'll give you a quick definition of wise. To be wise is very important that we listen and it says to be wise is having the power. How many know when you got received the Holy Ghost, you received power? So it says having the power of discerning and judging properly as to what is true or right. Having the, uh, the power to discern. I believe God wants his people, as we're going into the marketplace, as we go into ministry, he wants us to discern, to discern. I know we're talking to Christians, or I know we're talking to grown people, but you know what? We need to be reminded that we need to use our power to discern. We, we're before a world that needs to see the wisdom of God being seen and poured out. Tells us in Matthew 10, 16, he said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, many of you know, you've been in the conference, you've been hearing some of these different scriptures, and that's when you know this conference is led by God because all the speakers are, are saying some of the same things even though they haven't been together, but the Lord is getting the word across and bringing it all together through this conference. So it tells us, Behold, Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise, again, using the power of discernment, as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, most of the time when we see serpent, you know, the scripture talks about that serpent, the devil. So, but we think a negative when we hear serpent, but it says here that you are, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents. 
was serpent. The serpent was wise. Y'all know what the scripture says, how he was more crafty. And he understood. He was more subtle. He knew how to handle things. Well, we're going to do it in the positive way. He was wise. He was wise. And, uh, but wise, in one of the other translations, says uh, w being wise means shrewd. Being shrewd. And being shrewd means to be astute or sharp. God's people should be shrewd. They should be acute and smart. Smart about business, smart about ministry, knowing you can't do this by yourself, knowing where your help comes from, and hearing the word. Scripture says that wisdom is a principal thing. Amen. We'll get into that. But it says, uh, to be shrewd means to be astute or sharp in practical matters. Practical. Practical meaning habitual. Habitually. Doing things with wisdom. As a custom. Customary performances. We should be having wisdom in everything we do. It should be a part of our lives. And again, you may say, Sister Godot, what are you trying to say? I'm saying we need to make a difference. We need to start looking like we talk about. We need to be representing the Most High God in everything that we do. We need to be sharp. We need to be shrewd men and women of God who, who are operating in the wisdom of God and it being seen habitually, a habit. We got, we got, we're picking up some habits. Pastor Treat, when he was here, he talked about sometimes he want to be with people, sometimes he don't, sometimes he just want to be alone, sometimes he don't want to act right. You know, there's certain things that we're going to have to grow in. He, you need to be honest with yourself. You know you. You know where you need to be more astute. You know where you need to grow. And right now, as we're making this mind shift, we're going to do things wise. We're going to do things more wise and winsome, and we're going to get into that definition as well. So here in my Bible, I'm going to look at, because Pastor always tells us iPads are good, but you should always have your Bible. And, um, you know, I found that out one time because my iPad wasn't working, and I was trying to read my Bible, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to obey my man of God. So I'm just going to read at least one scripture, Proverbs 4. <laughs> Proverbs 4 and verse 5, it says, get wisdom. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline, let it decline from your mouth. Forsake or not. So get wisdom and get understanding. And one scripture says, in all you're getting, get understanding. All right? So we want to get wisdom according to Proverbs 4. But also, Ephesians 5.17, in the King James Version, Ephesians 5.17, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise in business and in ministry, family. He says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is for us to show forth the glory of God in our businesses, in our ministries, have the wisdom of God to make us who God has called us to be in every area. There should be a mind shift in each one of us that we're going to another level in wisdom and in understanding so that people can see it. Now, winsome, you said, well, I haven't heard of this word winsome. 
but winsome's in the dictionary, and winsome means sweetly or innocently charming. So we should be wise and winsome in ministry and in the marketplace. Winsome. So you talk to men and you say, you're saying I should be sweet, but it says sweet or innocently charming. It means winning. To be winsome means winning. It means engaging. We should be sweet. Now, again, I'm talking to some men and women in ministry. I'm talking about men and women in business. Sometimes y'all not too sweet. And there's nothing wrong with, I mean, especially when you're what you call drivers and directors and you know, you got the traits of, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a visionary and I just got, you know, I just, I'm just driven to do different things. Yes, you are, but you should be winsome. You should be engaging. People should be able to talk to you. You should be able to receive a corrective criticism. People should be able to approach you without getting snapped back or, or hurt or intimidated. So that's where the sweetness comes in. Sweetly or innocently charming. Well, y'all heard of Prince Charming. He was a dude, right? He was charming. People talk about Prince Charming, but you should be winning. When, when we're in the marketplace, when we're in ministry, we should be winning people. We should be engaging people. People should want to be around us. If you're tired, stay home. If you're overworked, do what you need to do. But when you go before your business, before, when you go before uh, your ministry, be ready. Be ready to be wise. Be ready to be winsome. The marketplace is looking for us to carry who we are, the name of Christ. The scripture says that those that name of Christ, let us depart from iniquity. Let's, let's depart from being harsh and mean and, and hard to get along with and hard to be able to communicate with. That should be not named among us. I know y'all were looking, Pastor Casey Treaty was when he was here, he was saying something about how a lot of people, everybody nice at church. Everybody real sweet. Most of the time, some of y'all cut up even in church. But it's nothing wrong with being winsome, being sweetly or innocently charming. We need to be able to gain the world. We need them to see the goodness of God. They need to see the love of God. They need to see the sweetness of God engaging. In Proverbs 11.30, we quoted that sometime this week in the, in the King James. It says, the fruit... Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. Our fruit as righteous people should be a tree of life that people can pick off. I don't know about y'all, but when I want my fruit, I want my fruit to be sweet. I don't like picking no fruit that's bitter. That's, that's harsh. That's bad tasting. You know, I have to wait for the watermelons to come around. Because I had some bad watermelons this year so far. You know, but, I've, you know, just recently I, I've got one that's getting there. But the fruit 
of the righteous. We are the righteous. So our fruit should be a tree of life for people to pick from. And then we always use the scripture here. It says, and he that winning souls is wise. We want to be wise. We want to be wise. I like what the Message Bible says there. Proverbs 1130, it says, a good life is a fruit-bearing tree. A good life is a fruit-bearing tree. But then it says, a violent life destroys souls. Destroys souls. You know, I almost rather people not try to win people to Christ if you're not going to be nice. If you're not going to show them the love of God, if you're not going to be wise around them and show them the engaging and the winning and, and you know, there's the sweetness of God, let them get God when you're ready to show them the spirit of God. I want to win souls. Don't get me wrong, but the scripture talks about a, a person that is offended. You get them in here and they don't see the love of God. They don't see us walking in the word of God. They get confused. And that's what we're dealing with. A lot of people right now are not in church right now because of things that have happened to them through some of us who are supposed to be loving them and engaging them and winning them. And some of them are too proud to come back because, you know, they say, I tried that before. So we, we got people that we're still winning. We got to help people. We're the ones to help. We're the ones to show forth the love. We're the ones that should have that good fruit, that sweet fruit that they pick from our tree. You know, we, we, we got wonderful men and women. I'm telling you, y'all, I mean, I, I feel so honored to be able to minister before you because we got some preachers in the house. We've got some great, great speakers and teachers, but the Lord has given me this opportunity tonight and I honor being able to be here our, our man of God can you know he just he just so awesome but we got to live this life we're preaching it we're after souls we want to change lives we want to help people but we help them by being wise and winsome so we can engage them so that we can show them the ways of life and I got to keep moving first John 2 15 1 John 2.15 in the NIV. And we got we to gotta watch this scripture because it, it's true. And, and this is what, the, what it says. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love, love for the Father is not in them. So as me coming up as a, as a holiness girl or a girl, a church girl, you know, we used to read this scripture all the time, love not the world. They didn't want us to get entangled and, and, and do wrong things. It said love not the world, but it looks like people, when they read this scripture, the more they love God, the less they love people. He says love not the world, but he didn't say not to love people. He told us to love you one another and love our neighbors as ourselves. So we got to get to the point where we understand the world needs to see the love of God. They need to see the fruit coming from us. We need to be showing it in every area. We need the wisdom of God all the time. We still should be 
touchable. We should still should be able to be able to show them the love of God, show them the wisdom, how to go in and out. Solomon said, you know, Lord, just give me the wisdom how to go in and out before the people. I need wisdom. I need to know how to go in and out. I need you to direct me. And we may, we may sometimes give off signals that we're superior, and that's not what we want to do to the world. We don't want to show that, but, but he said, love not the world. But I like what the message says, how it breaks it down, 1 John 2, 15 and, uh, through 17. What it's saying there is, in the message it says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. You know how people always say the love of money is the root of all evil? No, the love of money. Don't love like the world loves. Love things. Don't love the world's way. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, that's what you need to get away from. That's the world he's talking about. That's what you need to change. Wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear impotent. <laughs> has nothing to do with the Father. So that's why we need wisdom. Are you just wanting your way? Is everything got to be your way? That's how the world thinks. It tells us, it says, it just isolates you from God. It isolates you from him. The world and all is wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. You love God. You love his ways. You obey his ways. You do his ways. You are set for life. Everything you want, everything you need is in him. You don't want the things of the world. And I know that goes a long way and people interpret it different ways, but it broke it down here pretty good, I think, in the message. I don't want the, ways, the world's ways. I don't want what the world wants. I want God. But I like what the contemporary English Bible says. It says... It's the CEV version, it says, if you act wisely, others will follow. <laughs> if you act wisely, others will want what you have. They'll want that, 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 that spirit, that fruit of righteousness. They'll want to be picking from your tree. We have to be wise and winsome in the marketplace, in our churches, We've got wonderful churches. There's more people that want to come to your church. There is more people in your community that are going to be knocking down your doors as you walk in and actually exercise the wisdom of God in every area. I, I just believe in the time we're in right now, there are people that are really looking for people that are being wise that are using their power to do more than just criticize and judge and put people down. But they're reaching out. They're being an actual tree of life. 
I heard a saying that says, if you're leading and no one is following, then you're just taking a walk. <laughs> you know, when, when we're wise, people will want to be around us. I, I just believe, I just believe with all my heart. I thank God for the people that come, even to Calvary and all the other churches that are represented here. But there are so many people up and down the street that are just looking for help. They're looking for the word of God. They're looking for our gifts, our talent. They're looking for our businesses that are doing things right. That they don't have to worry about looking over their shoulders. You're going to take advantage of them. Wise in the marketplace and in ministry. As followers of Christ, we're called to bring joy to people, not judge them. God has already extinguished a time and a place for judging, and you won't be on the throne when he does it. Amen. We are not the ones to judge. You won't be nowhere around. He knows who, how to judge. And it's not up to us. He told us to love people. Amen. He told us to be wise in how we handle ourselves. And I believe that's the enemy's trick to keep our churches small. For us to just get in our own ways and we're just going to do it our way and this is the way I feel like God told me. But no, there's a way, Scripture says, that seem is right. But the end is death. It's not what God is saying. We should not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We are on a mission. He said, go into all the world. The great commission is go into all the world. And we get to co-mission with him. Co-mission. He has a mission, and we are given the privilege to co-mission with him. So that means we should be co-loving like he loves and helping people to see the true light of the gospel. And then, when, like I said, sometimes we don't see ourselves. So that's why we have to be open. If God gives somebody to kind of speak into your life and try to help you to see where Scripture says in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. And it says in two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So there's some things people will, God will give people to help you in your ministry as well as in your business. But if you like, you know, you ain't got, you know, what, what you got? Well, how are you going to tell me something to do? And you don't, and you make people feel like, I can't say nothing. I can't, I can't tell you you've been getting ready to go off the cliff. I can't tell you, you're about to hurt yourself, you've been to hurt your family. Come on, we got to hear, uh, Pastor Johnson was saying, you know, some things he, that wouldn't have happened in his life, he had to listen to his wife. There's people in your congregation, there's people in our different, uh, uh, that we may feel like can't really tell us what, but if by the Spirit we should be engaging, we should be able to be able to receive we should be winning. We should have the kind of atmosphere that people can feel comfortable talking to us. Jesus is called in John 10, 11, because I believe God wants to do more. I know, I know he does. So he's going to do it because you're hearing what I'm saying today. We're going to be wise and winsome. We're going to be charming. We're going to be sweet in Jesus' name. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life 
for the sheep, not for themselves, but for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The Greek word for good literally means, again, just like winsome, the Greek word literally means engaging. Good, you're good, you're good. God is good, you're good. He says it's engaging, it's attractive, <laughs> it's charming and captivating when you're good, doing things right, doing things that like God would have for you to do them. God wants to fill our churches again. He wants to bring businesses and different things to us and, and bless our business. You know, people walking away from jobs, losing different positions because they're not good. They've gotten bitter. They've gotten off track. They're doing things their way instead of following orders. Pastor gave an illustration. He, he had some oppor opportunities that came available to him. But they, they told him to do one thing, but he felt so spiritual at the time, and he didn't do what they told him to do. So they never called him back. And there's different things that God wants to do in our lives if we just do what we're told to do, do things good. And God will give us the wisdom to know the difference. See, as we grow, as we, get, we develop, you, you grow to other levels. I'm so thankful for the growth in pastor and my life. You know, we're growing in God. We're, we haven't arrived yet, but we're still growing, but we can see the development because we want to be better. There's certain things we might have done and might have said, thinking that that was the right way to go, but as the word continually unfolds before us, there's a better way because God will just show you, give you the wisdom how to handle the different things, and his word is our life. In Psalms 107, 43, it says, Whoso is wise, whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Again, those who are wise. I'm not talking to you if you're feeling like, well, I'm wise and I'm already wise. I don't have to listen to this person or that person. I need y'all to hear my heart tonight. Lord gave me this word. He wants us to use wisdom. He wants us to actually use the wisdom of God in everything that we're doing moving forth because he wants to trust us with bigger and greater things. So who, whoever, whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. He's a loving God. He's a great God. And Christ was so magnetic. Listen to me. Christ was so magnetic that people were automatically drawn to him. Don't we want to be like Christ? Shouldn't that be happening in our ministry? Shouldn't that be happening in our businesses? That people are automatically drawn to us? Are they drawn to you? Ask yourself the question, are people drawn to you or are you repelling people? Are people dodging you? Are people afraid of you? Jesus was magnetic. People were automatically drawn to him. That's the kind of thing that we want in our businesses. This is what we want in our ministries. 
We want them to see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. They want to be around us. They see it working in our lives. Jesus said we are called to be salt and light. Salt makes the taste of food more enjoyable. <laughs> and light shed on their path shows people the right way to go. We are the light of the world. We should be showing people the right way to go, not how we feel in, in the moment or how we, we feel like we're so involved and, and we can get away with just talking to people in any old kind of way. Hear me, it is not okay. It is not okay. We represent the most high God. We can't just talk and say, that's why we're so important that we slow down with our speech. Slow down with what we think about what we're getting ready to say. That's the wisdom part. I'm, I'm acknowledging the Lord, acknowledge him in all our ways and he'll direct your path. He wants you to direct because he wants to do great things. I have no doubt. I am, I'm experiencing his blessings in my life in so many ways that I'm still growing and I know that I still need more wisdom but I'm telling you there's some things that God wants to do and he's not able to do because some of y'all think you can get away with the way you handle some of your business and it ain't, it's, it's, it's time out for that it's time out for that we're going to be wise we're going to be winsome we're going to gather people and stop repelling people we're going to start gathering So examples of those who were wise and winsome in the Bible. There's many, but I'd like to deal with Isaiah the prophet. He spoke into the lives of kings. Isaiah was a hopeful, he was a faithful, he was a loving prophet of God, Isaiah. And I like one of his, the, the very top of the book of Isaiah uh, of that and in, it in, says in the first chapter, verse 19, it says, if you're willing, yeah. Psalms 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the lamb. Just willing. What am I saying in my word? What am I saying for you to do? If you're willing and obedient, you know what? And the Holy Spirit is there. He's going to help you to do it. But if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good, the fat of the land. But then he goes on to say, but if you refuse, you're going to be devoured. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He don't want us to be devoured. We're, we're out here in the world. The world is seeing us. We're, we're testifying of the goodness of God. They should be seeing us being willing, Lord, whatever you say. I don't live like the world. I live like you. I'm guided by you. They should be seeing the love of God in us. So Isaiah, right there at the top, if you're willing and obedient. But I, then it goes on, and this is one that I, I've always loved, this scripture in Isaiah. He was a prophet, and what he said happened. That's what I'm getting at. You know, we're prophets of God, and we're messengers of God. But you know, as men, men and women of God, what we say should stick. If we say God says something, it should come to pass. And Isaiah, there's one scripture that I love it, and, and I was so blessed to hear my second uh, 
my uh, second Philip grandson, my son Philip's son Brendan, my namesake. Brendan is my namesake, so he quotes this scripture as well. But this is what Isaiah says here in Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born. Y'all know when he spoke it out. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful. He spoke it out. This was Isaiah. Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, prince of peace. And it just goes on. And, and in his kingdom there shall be no end. And, and it just goes on and talks about through Isaiah. A great man. He was wise and he was winsome. But I also like to bring attention to the three Hebrew children. They changed the politics of Babylon. They changed the politics. In Daniel 3, 29 through 30, what, what can happen when people line up and are wise and winsome? This is what happened in verse 29. It says, therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. That's what they should be saying about our God. The God that we represent. They said, you know what? <laughs> there is no other God who will deliver in this way. And verse 30 says, then the king called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to do what? To prosper in the province of Babylon. He calls them. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. They were men that were wise. They were winsome. They were representing the Lord, and the Lord took care of them, and, and the king took care of them. You've got to use different people to take care of you. And they, they was like, they're God. You know, you don't, don't, don't come against them or their God. Oh, they're going to be trouble for you. God is still God. In our businesses, in our ministries, we should be a force to be reckoned with. Don't mess with them people at Calvary Christian Center. Don't mess with them people to charity. Don't mess with those people in Miami. Don't mess with them people in, in Indiana. Don't mess with them people in Virginia. The different churches, the different businesses, don't mess with them. Because God has commanded them to prosper. And, and you want to do what they do, and you want to... You want to not mess with them because their God is God. And then the last one we want to look at is, uh, is Joseph. Y'all know I just love the story of Joseph. You know, but he, had, he went through some stuff. He went through a lot of stuff for us to have the story to be able to, to remember and to speak of him. But in, in, in Genesis 47, in the Message Bible, Genesis 47, beginning at verse 23, And it says, 
Joseph then, in the message, okay, Joseph then announced to the people. So what did Joseph do? Joseph, the economist, he saved Egypt from famine. God used him, and he saved the economy. Joseph, the economist, saved Egypt from famine. See, these are the kind of things God wants to do in these last days. Once, once we are wise and, and winsome and charming and engaging, God will send to different people. He'll use us to do miraculous things. This is not just for Joseph and Isaiah and, and, the, and the three Hebrew boys. These are the things that God is still doing in the land when we yield ourselves and we expect him to do a miraculous thing. So what happened here? It says, Joseph then announced to the people, Here's how things stand. He says, I've bought you and your land for Pharaoh. He says, now this is what, you know, after he went through what he went through, God gave him his position. He says, in exchange, I'm giving you seed so you can plant the ground. He says, when the crops are harvested, you must give a fifth to Pharaoh and keep four-fifths for yourselves. For what? For seed. It does something? I'm giving you the, the, the I'm an economist and I'm telling what you're going to do. I'm getting you out of this famine, but I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. When God handles on our lives, he will give us some directions to help people get out, and it's up to us to be able to stand firm. Hey, this is what works. I've done this for you. Now, this is what you're going to do to stay. So he gave them seed, and he told them what to do with the seed. And it's important that you do what you're told to do. So he says, you must give a fifth to Pharaoh and keep four-fifths for yourselves for seed for yourselves and your families. You're going to be able to feed your children. I got a plan. God's got a plan. He got a plan for your neighborhood. He's got a plan for your ministries. He's got a plan for your businesses. Then he says, verse 25, they said, you saved our lives, master. We're grateful and glad to be slaves to Pharaoh. Verse 26, and Joseph decreed a land law in Egypt that is still in effect. A fifth goes to Pharaoh. Only the priest's land were not owned by Pharaoh. The priest's land was separate, but the rest belonged to Pharaoh. Verse 27. So Israel settled down in Egypt in the region of Goshen. Y'all heard about Goshen. You need to read about that. So, the, so Israel settled down in Egypt in the region of Goshen. They acquired property and did what? And flourished or multiplied. They became a large company of people. Jacob lived in Egypt for 70, 17 years and all, and he lived for 147 years. But this showing when God's people line up with the wisdom of God, God will show you how to help your communities. 
He'll show you how to help your, your companies, your businesses. He'll give you different ideas. We've got different testimonies of God just giving people ideas. God wants to give us the wisdom. He's going to do this through his people as we have determined in our hearts that I'm going to be seekers after God. I'm going to have this mind shift. I might have been doing things kind of contrary in my own way, but we showed you how the world, we, sh we shouldn't be doing things. We don't love the world. We don't do things like the world. We do things lined up with the word of God. Yes, Satan is working, taking Christ out of Christmas. He's taking prayer out of school. And he's trying to take God out of the government. But he won't win, and he knows it. He knows it. Turn with me to Revelation, Revelation 12, 12. See, when we, we need to know who our God is, and we need to know that God got us, if we'll just do. We, said, we showed you where he said you'll be set for eternity. Revelation 12, 12, in the Amplified, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in the presence of God. I don't know about y'all, but I want to stay in the presence of God. There's joy in the presence of God. He says, rejoice, you who dwell in the presence of God. He says, woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you in great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time remaining. So the havoc that many of you are going through in your ministries and your businesses, Satan is mad. And he's concerned about you hearing what I'm saying right now. He knows his time is short. If we understand what God is doing in the land, if we will walk in wisdom, if we will get direction from God and obey what God is telling us to do, there's some smart people up in here. There's some sharp people. And then with the wisdom of God, the, the God kind of faith working in your lives, we're going to receive. So his strategy, however, is to convince us, listen to me, his strategy is to convince us that he can win. But we endeavor tonight to be wise and winsome so that we can lead people to Christ, we can lead people in their businesses, because we are set for eternity. We are set for eternity. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just glorify you and we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. We know in ourselves we can do nothing. Reveal your word even in a greater way to your people every single one of them, that wisdom, that winsome ideas, the, the things that you want to do, that they will be more engaging, the people will be flocking to them. And Lord, you'll give them the wisdom, you'll give them the knowledge and how to guide and direct the people in their spheres, like only you can do. Hallelujah, we see the manifestation of your power. So if it's you that I'm speaking to and you know that there's some things that you've allowed yourself to just get off track 
and you know that you need God to help you to get the wisdom of God. You see where you've, you've just kind of shifted in, in, in a way that has gotten you off track with God, and you, you, you know that God is speaking to you tonight. Why don't you just stand to your feet if that's you? But you know that God wants to do something greater in your life, but you've allowed the enemy to make you feel like you're not winning, that you're not going to get anywhere. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you for everyone that is here. I thank you, Lord, that your word has fallen on good ground of every single heart that is here. And you will manifest yourself in a great and powerful way because, Lord, they heard your word. They've heard it. And, Father God, as they've hearing it, you, Holy Spirit, will guide them and you will tap on their hearts at that time that they need to step in to who you have created them to be, that they will not allow themselves to be associated with the things of the world, but because they love you, they will be seen as gatherers. They will be winning people. They will be blessed in their business, blessed in their ministries, growth, development, strength in their families. That your name will be glorified, that you will be exalted. In Jesus' name, 